What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, where Derek and I learn every single day how not to be a youth pastor. Every single second of every day. It's a pretty common occurrence where we do something, say something, or we don't do something or say something. Very important stipulation. That uh, that leads us to further knowledge of how not to do our jobs. Yeah. You know, when the when the standard is so low that you can't help but improve, you're in a really good spot. I wouldn't necessarily encourage our listeners uh, to follow in in that footstep necessarily of ours, uh, where we say, hey, listen, if you just start out doing a really bad job, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Uh, you, do, you do run the danger of getting fired uh, early on before yeah. you start to improve. So yeah. Um, uh, before, don't do that. Before we get our episode today, I have a, a <laughs> PSA for our faithful listeners. Okay. Um, after our last episode, I did some thinking and reflecting, and I decided that I needed to, I needed to investigate Flexi a little bit more. And I discovered that our infomercial man, Phil Swift, while we thought he just got rich after the infomercials, he's actually the CEO of said company. And so... He worked right for his money, and so we wanted to wish Phil Swift a very pleasant life. I feel like Phil Swift, we should make sure he becomes a good friend of the show. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should send him a fruit basket or something. Hmm. And if you can look up that $20 million address, yeah. uh, then we can... Send him a fruit basket. <laughs> Absolutely. Good friend of the show, Phil Swift. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about uh, something that's really, really interesting uh, we're going to be talking basically about uh, stopping doing something that you are doing in your youth ministry. Yeah. Uh, you know why? Yeah, we we called today's episode like why you should kill something that's working uh, because there are times in your myth, youth ministry whether or not something is working that you need to stop doing it. Yeah, and and so we're going to talk a little bit today about that. But before we do, a uh, quick question for today, Derek. What is your favorite single day event that your youth ministry does? Because there we've talked in the past, like mission teams for both of us are one of our favorite events, Yeah, but those take place over the course of many days. And so what is your single day favorite youth event? I'm going to, this might seem like recency bias, but I would say this, even if we recorded this 10 months from now, we started a brand new event, which I can talk about more later because it's going to kind of filter into this show, but it's called The Gathering. And it was a discipleship event where we just brought kids in um, with the sole intention of going deeper uh, in their faith. And so they showed up at 6.30, they left at nine o'clock. It was two and a half hour long event, but it was so, so, so amazing. And I I don't want to give too much away because I'm going to mention this here as we go along, but that would be my favorite one. I love it. Um, I was the one that, Put this quick question in here. And you and don't have an answer. I I didn't think long enough about my answer. I, I think that, uh, man, there's so many good ones. Here's what I'll do. I think my favorite single day event, I'm going to go with an event that any of our listeners could participate in. It's an event called Secret Church. And uh, it's basically a live stream simulcast that you tune into. It's six hours straight. Sure. Uh, and it, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Uh, with a straw. With a straw. Absolutely. 
Um, it's, it's such, it's, it's just like a bunch of really in-depth teaching on like, they kind of tackle a different topic every year. Sure. There was one year they did prayer and fasting. There was one year they did, uh, basically faith in politics Interesting. Uh, this year's topic, which this is an event that's actually coming up at the end of April. So are you guys doing uh, it? We are, we are kind of hosting it for our youth ministry here at nice here at Riverdale. And, uh, we only do it for high schoolers because it it's is such so an intense. intensive yeah. event. Right. Um, and we actually, we, cause they send you like this little booklet study guide with like blanks to fill in. Uh, while you're watching and last year we did it in somebody's basement this year, we're going to hold it at the church cause we had too many people there last year, but really? we, that's, we that's had, sweet. yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun event, but we were in somebody's basement and it was like, okay, the simulcast is from six to midnight and oh. for, for our time zone. And, and so we were like, okay, six to midnight, tell people to arrive at like five 45 ish and we'll yep. have some pizza and some other food and we can watch this thing. And hardly any of the food got eaten because if you take your attention off of the simulcast for like five seconds, sure. you're yep. going to miss four fill in the blanks. Yep. Like it, they are flying yeah. through this thing. And so it's just, it's super it, in depth. It feel but like six hours. Oh no. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, they break it up. You know, they'll, they'll do like an hour or hour and a half session and then they'll have like a little break and maybe there's this, uh, a prayer focused time and, and they, they kind of break it up, but yep. It is a phenomenal. This year we're doing it. The event is still obviously from six to midnight, but our event is from five to 1 a.m. And that's going to allow us, we're going to eat on the front end and then do a little bit of our own worship before the event starts. And then on the tail end, that, la you know, after the event ends, give us yep. some time to almost decompress right. and kind of talk. Right. Uh, with our group and ask some questions like, Hey, what'd you think of this? So yeah, that, that's one of my favorite events. It's super fun. That's interesting. I, I think it's cool that you have students that will sit down for six, well <laughs> that, now seven hours, you know, that's, that's true. In, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's a high school only thing, partially yeah. also because like the high schoolers can drive themselves home right. a lot of times at, yeah. at midnight. Um, yeah, parents aren't rolling out of bed at one o'clock to come pick up there. Right. Yeah. But it's, it is so good. So good. But anyways, um, talking about some events, like those are, those are two events that we're really jazzed about and that we're going to continue to do for a while. There are some times where, where you're doing an event that uh, the question has to be asked, is this an event that I should keep doing? Or want to keep doing. Or want to keep doing. Yeah, should and want are two different questions. Uh, and you, the first thing that I want to start off with is that you can't answer that question uh, without knowing what a successful event looks like with your ministry. Uh, you have to know what does a win look like. And there's a lot of different ways that you can measure what a win might look like. Uh, one of the easiest ways to measure what a win looks like is how many kids are there, right? That's a very tangible way to measure whether or not at least part of this event was successful. Uh, you know, we are developing something with our youth ministry where we're looking at, uh, part of, part of what we're looking at is with our events, what are some attendance goals that we have? And so, for example, I, I mentioned Secret Church. Uh, our goal with Secret Church is that 25% of our Wednesday night high school average attends Secret Church. Sure. So, in you know, theoretically, if we have 
20 high schoolers that come on a Wednesday night, our goal is to have five of them show up for secret church. Right. Uh, you know, last year we were at 34%. And so that was, nice. that was one way to measure yep. that that event was a win because it was something that our high schoolers wanted to come to because 34% of them did. And so right. that was, that was a cool, and, and uh, for us, a lot of our, those metrics that we have where, you know, this event, we have this goal, this event, we have that goal. It's all based off of percentages of our Wednesday night attendance. Right. Mm-hmm. So we never we never look at an event and say we want to have fifty kids at this event. We want to have a hundred right. kids at this event. Uh, it's always a percentage of our Wednesday night attendance, and so it'll f- fluctuate in different seasons. Right. Um, but that's that's one way to look at an event and say that was a win. Uh, but Derek, what are some other ways that you you know off the yeah. top of your head? Yeah. Well, to- I think I think even getting to the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish and, and letting that be a win. Cause you know, it, I've noticed this before where it's like, it feels like we have a banger event set up. We got, we got the right food. We marketed it the right way, but maybe that attendance mark we're shooting for didn't happen, but that doesn't mean the event was chalked. It doesn't right. mean that it was, it was game over. I know you're not saying that either, but my point is that, you know, determining what a win looks like, it might be what's your purpose of this event? Is this is this a is this a social interaction type of event where you're just trying to build relationships? Did that happen? Yes or no? Uh, for us, this last weekend with the gap, or not this last weekend, a few weeks ago, um, you know, for us, the whole purpose of the event was we want kids to walk away going, "I now want to grow closer with God. I know how." And a lot of them had that. And so that was a win for us, whether or not we hit our attendance. And so, you know, determining what a win looks like can go back to what's the purpose of this event. And I would go as far as to say, if you don't know the purpose for your event, it's probably not worth doing because I feel like this has become the mantra of our podcast is every single thing you should, you do, whether it's, as small as what snacks you choose for this event to as big as what's the vision of this youth ministry. Every single thing should have some form of intention and purpose behind it. Otherwise you're just wasting your time. Right. And when you ask somebody, you ask a youth pastor, why do you do this event? One of the easiest and maybe most common responses that that you'll get is because we've always done it that way. Yep. And that is a terrible reason to to do something and to keep doing something with two very, very big exceptions. All right. Uh, the first exception, the and the first the first reason that because we've always done it that way can be a good reason to keep doing something is if it's not the only reason that you do that event. All right. There are some things where tradition can be a really, really cool part. Yeah of that event. We have, uh, in, in the room that our youth ministry meets here at our church, we've got a wall where we have a t-shirt, uh, from every, uh, you know, our, our mission teams, uh, each mission team has its own shirt. We have like a youth convention thing that we go to in the fall that has its own shirt. And we have summer camp that we go to in the summer that has its own shirt. So there's four per year, uh, depending on how many mission teams we do. And so each one of those we've kept for the last six years, almost one shirt from every single one of those. Yep. And we put, 
one on the wall every year and it keeps growing. And so students look up there on that wall and say, oh yeah, I remember that trip. I remember that year at camp. Yep. And and that can be a really, really cool, uh, it, it can be a really cool tradition that, yep. that doing an event for a long time can bring. Yeah. And I, w- I would say, you know, even with the second exception to that would be, you know, this is especially relevant to me right now as I transition into this lead role. If you are newer to a ministry position, doing an event that's always been done is a good thing because there are some events, we call them sacred cows, right? Like you, there are just certain sacred cows you can't touch yet. And what I mean by yep. that is there might be an event that the church has done for so long that if you come in and you try and just, even if the event is completely garbage and it, it just doesn't do anything, you killing it right now is going to disintegrate some trust and some support that you desperately need in this moment. And so, you know, when it comes to, we learn this a lot in Bible college of there are some things you need to be slow to change. Yeah, You know, like there are some contexts and some situations where if you're coming into a new ministry position, you can come in there, drop a nuke and just blow everything up and rebuild. But I would say that's more the minority than the majority. A lot of times you're coming in, you might have a lot of new ideas you might have a lot of things you want to tear apart, but you got to ride the train and you got to go through this and just let this event run its course and then slowly phase those things out because the people want to know that you can be trusted. They want to buy into what you're doing. And so one way to do that is to play their game for a little bit. Yeah. And it might, it might even be so small as a portion there, there might be a specific thing on a specific event that you want to change, not even the whole event. But I found, you know, almost six full years into this job, there were some events or some small things within events that I waited to change until specific classes graduated. Yep. Because kids in those classes, uh, you know, really looked forward to this thing, held a high value in that thing. And so I waited to make that change until after that class graduated. And you might find... You know, you might find a situation like that as a youth pastor. You could also uh, find a a class where, uh, you know, hey, maybe this class really needed this, and younger students coming up, an event like Secret Church, they couldn't handle it. You know, it it is really intensive, and yep. so depending on the the demographic of your students, it might be better to put more of your resources into. Uh, you know, a different event than than the one that you're doing. Yep. There, there are going to be seasons uh, in ministry, and very few events do do I look at as you know we are going to do this event no, no matter, matter what. what. Yeah, uh, right. that was cute. It was, <laughs> and so I think that uh, you know whether it's a whole event or just part of an event, uh, if you are new to a ministry position, you might need to be a little bit slower to change. Uh, some of those Which things. Which is okay. You know, that's a, it's a good thing to do that. And, you know, I, if you're in that situation, you're going, oh, I just, I hate this thing. I think it's so dumb. Okay. But maybe if you're going to keep it anyway, learn why they like it. Learn why they enjoy doing it. Because then if you want to change it, you can adopt that same why into your different how. Oh, that's so good. And also know the, know the culture and the reason behind why you want to do something new. If you have a new event that you want to do, 
build, start, instead of just jumping into that event, start building the culture and investing in the culture that is going to want that event. So that when you do, you know, make this thing happen for the first time, you've already invested in the culture so that students want whatever it is that you're going to be stepping into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I want you kind of, Kyle, to kind of, because you're, I, I would say you're really, really good at this. And so, oh, like, thank you. I don't even know what you're going to say, but it's true. I am it, good it, at it. It is. You know, I, you, you are kind of, I would say you're kind of a trailblazer a little bit. You, you like to kind of branch out and, all right, I'll take and, it. And, and not that you don't just take the path that's been traveled, but um, I would say you're really good at just kind of trying new things and doing that. So, you know, if something is, because, it's one thing, like if you have an event that's clearly not working, yeah, of course, change course, yeah. <laughs> like go and do something like that. That's pretty obvious. But I think one one frame of mind that we as youth pastors think sometimes is I kind of want to go away from this, but like it's working, it's it's successful. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do I do with that? Like, is it okay to even though this is working, go a different direction and kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So if, if there's an event that you're doing that is working, right, that doesn't mean that you can't kill that event. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. And that's kind of maybe the controversial yeah. uh, piece. It, it Would it be a how not to be a youth pastor episode no, if we didn't have a little bit of controversy? Not. No. So, uh, <laughs> so we live by, you know, the like, what if it's an event that's working? The, I think the first question I would ask is, can it be better? Uh, you know, and, and that might be, uh, I'll use, I'll use an example here for a second, but, or in a second, you know, is there a way that, that we can do this we can still do this event, uh, but we could make it a little bit better. I mentioned there's a youth convention that our youth ministry has done for years, uh, where we go down, it's about a 48 hour thing. Uh, you know, some sessions, bring some speaker in, uh, like 4,000 plus students. It's a real big thing. Yep. Real nice event. Yep. Uh, they have a, so with the format of the event, they have, uh, they, one of the nights, they have a night session at about 7 PM. And then after that session, they have some different activities, uh, throughout the city that we're in that you can bus your students to. They got like bowling and, you know, like they rent out a movie theater and show some movies. Yep. One of the things is like they have a huge dodgeball tournament. Yep. And we had some students that really looked forward to that dodgeball stu- tournament every year. What I didn't love about the timing of this dodgeball tournament was that we just had this super awesome session. God moved in some awesome ways in our students. Yeah. Uh, you know, the speaker was awesome. And then that's a great time to capitalize on that. And like our, our adult leaders can have some conversations with students, build relationships, yeah. dig a little bit deeper. And instead we're going to whisk you all away to go play dodgeball. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, the fun of the dodgeball was not inherently a bad thing, Yep. but the timing, I, the timing was not what I thought was ideal. And yep. we could, we could do this event just a little bit better by and and we can play a ton of games and stuff in like our hotel rooms that with our adult leaders and our students you know building relationships that way. Yep. Uh, but not every one of our students wanted to play dodgeball. A lot of them just ended up sitting in the cafeteria of the school that hosted it. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking to each other, waiting for our last dodgeball team to get eliminated, which yep. was usually pretty early, right? Uh, <laughs> if I am being honest. Uh, and then we would go back to the hotel, and so instead of doing that, 
let's just go back to the hotel right away and, and build relationships and dive deeper into what God was doing in the session. And that was something that we needed to wait and change until after a specific class graduated. And then we made that change and it made the event better than it was. I think that's, you know, can this event be better is, is one of those questions. Another one is, you know, some events are for a season. Yeah. Uh, just because this event was good doesn't mean this is an event that needs to be permanent. And I think this is this is one of those reasons where you'll naturally see this taking its course. You know, I think about the fact when I first got here, a lot of our events were were that fun focused. You know, like we it was a lot of pizza, it was a lot of games, it was a lot of let's go on a retreat and you know get a get a sweet hotel and play by the pool and do all that stuff, which is all great. You know, but like we've been here for four or five years. The kids know us super well. They know that, but like, well, reason why we started doing this event called the gathering a few weeks ago is because our students were going, we want depth. We want to go deeper. We don't like the pizza is great. We love hanging out, but we want to go deeper. And so I think you'll naturally start to see that shift, but you might not. And so, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that purpose thing. Some things are for a season. The kids needed those events for us early on to get to know us, to establish trust for them to know that we're not just here to shove something down their throat. We're here to just live life with them. And so, you know, kind of as youth pastors, it's so easy to get into a routine, into a rhythm of we do it. You know, we get our calendar for the year and we go, okay, this event's here, this event's here, this event's here. And then next year, guess what? We pull out the old calendar, boom, 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 boom. And it's just so important that we are always getting a, a pulse on what the culture and the needs of our youth ministry are because just like a sports team, a professional sports team, every single year, your youth ministry is going to be different. You're going to have different students. Some students are going to leave, some are going to join. And so just because your culture is set this way doesn't mean it's not open to changes and adjustments. I'm so glad you brought up the sports team reference because what I was going to say next involved a sports analogy. Yep. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for about 12 seconds, you know that Derek and I are big sports fans. Yes. And something that sports teams, you know, it's it's a common uh, adage in, in sports is that when it comes to trading players, yep. right? The the NHL, NHL just had their trade deadline last week. Derek is a huge Minnesota Wild fan, yep. and he was very upset with one of the trades that they made. Very. Uh, but one of the things that I hear people talk about with sports teams is that it's always better to trade a player one year too early than it is to trade away a player one year too late. Yep. And I think that the same can be said when it comes to some of the things that we do within our youth ministries. Uh, it is better to to not do something. It's better to end doing an event a year too early than it is a year too late. Yep. Uh, you know, keeping your students like, oh man, like I really missed that event, but I'm really excited for, for what you're going to do next. Uh, I, I think that... If, if you wait too long to stop doing an event and it could be because, you know, you, you don't have that accurate pulse on what your students need. It could be because, you know, over time this event could have gotten better and, and changes yep. weren't made. Yep. Uh, you're going to start to see that event turn from a win to a loss yep. and, and students are not going to want to come to it. 
Yep. Uh, and, and there will be, like we talked about, there's other ways to measure wins than attendance. If students, I mean, this is really subjective, but are, are students, how are the, how's the discussion, you know, like are students really diving into discussion at this event? If, if they are, then that's a win. Yep. Uh, it, are students talking about it with, are they inviting their friends? Right. Uh, or do their friends want to come? That might be a win for, yep. for some of the events that you do. But I think that ending something a year too early is always better than ending something a year too late. Yeah. I mean, that's just a life principle in general. Would you rather end on a good note or a bad note? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's very, very similar. And, you know, I, I've noticed that momentum is a huge thing in youth ministry. When you have good momentum and you have good things going, not that it's time to stop that, but it's it's time to go, where's a good how can we build this momentum, I guess, or how can we sustain and carry right. this into the next thing? And that's, you know, I think a lot of times it's easy for us to ride that wave until it crashes, you know, like things are going well, like things are going really well. <laughs> like let's just keep doing what we're doing. And for some reasons those are good, but um, you know, sometimes as Kyle's saying, you wait too long and that momentum comes crashing down in a hurry and you're sitting there going, I don't know what's next and I mm-hmm. don't know where to go from here. And so you're much better off, killing it while it's working and taking that momentum and building on it. Right. Absolutely. And so it wouldn't be a how not to be a youth pastor podcast. Uh, if here in March of 2022, anyway, if we did not offer our listeners a super simple, uh, how to guide with four easy payments of 1999. Yeah, I thought we said it was 39.95. Oh, the 39.98. Okay. It just went up. Okay, it just doubled. That's right. That's uh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. four easy payments of 39.98 because inflation's real. And here at How Not to Be a Youth Pastor, we've got to keep the lights on somehow. We do. We do. Um, we are youth pastors for heaven's sake, so we don't make much money anyway. <laughs> That's true. We were just talking. Derek and I were talking before we hit record about a fundraiser with uh, Quick Trip. Uh, yep. quick trip car wash cards and we got way too excited about it. <laughs> so, yep. uh, only in youth ministry, uh, how to stop doing something that your youth ministry has done for a long time Four super easy steps that only cost you 39 98 a piece. Uh, Derek, what's number one? Know why you are making the change. Shocker. You know, here, I know, here, right? here we are talking about intention and, and the <laughs> Have why. Have some sort of direction. <laughs> right. Because because I okay, so we've been we've been just slamming, like don't just do the same thing. But um to flip it on its head, like don't just change things willy-nilly because you want change. Right. You know, like it's my my wife and I have this all the time where it's like she loves chains. And so one day we'll just be sitting in our living room and she'll go, I kind of want to rearrange your house a little bit. So she'll just go up and start moving stuff around. And that is the worst. My college roommate did that and it bugged me to no end. She, she's got good taste. Like she does things. And at first I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. But then like the next day I'm like, I love this actually. You know so what? That's actually the other really frustrating part about it is sometimes my wife does the same thing and she's right about a hundred percent of well, the time. I mean, about a hundred percent of the time. Why well, did yeah? I didn't want to say a hundred percent. Well, of the time. okay, <laughs> but I mean, like that's so true. I think sometimes we get antsy as youth pastors of like, I, I want to try something new, and if you don't know why you're changing something, that can be just as um, you know damaging or confusing for your students of like. But I love this event. Like, why do we change it? 
Uh, I don't know. I was looking for something different. Yeah, that can that's be, not a good reason. That can be just as damaging as continuing to do the same event right. that's not working. Right. So like go into this with the mindset of I am changing this event for this specific reason. And I would go as far as to say, if you don't have that reason, don't change it. Don't move it. Right. Uh, and you can, you know, we'll talk a little bit about more about this in a minute, but you can, you can stop doing an event without also starting a new event. If, yeah. if you do not have a clear vision for this new thing that you want to do, but you have enough reason to say that we shouldn't continue to do this event, you can stop doing that, you know, take a gap year or something, whatever you need, yep. and then start doing it uh, a little while later. Yep. Um, number two, second easy payment of 1998, uh, get your leaders on board. Uh, you know, share with your leadership team that vision as to why it is you want to make this change. Uh, you know, they are the ones that are going to set the tone. Then you and your leaders will set the tone for the rest of your youth ministry on how this is received. And so if your leaders are excited about it, if your leaders understand why this is happening, uh, they'll be able to answer some of those students' questions when yeah. they, you know, how come we're not doing this event anymore? Well, because we're going to do this instead, because this, and not all, this is another important thing. Not all of those reasons need to be explained to your youth students. Right. Uh, you know, there might be some reasons, you might have a long list of reasons why you're making a change. And the first half are the public reasons that you uh -huh. share with people. And the bottom half are the private reasons that you know you're making this change for this reason, yep. but it doesn't necessarily need to get communicated with everybody. Correct. And I would say even with getting your leaders on board, it's not just a matter of, hey guys, we're moving this direction, but welcoming their feedback is huge. Uh, my wife was kind of the brainchild behind our most recent event called The Gathering because we were actually in process a little sneak peek into point number four here. We were in process of scheduling a different event. And my wife is like, we've done that before. And it's just not what we want. What if we pivoted and did something different? And so she came up with this idea and I was like, that's genius. That's amazing. And so, you know, if your leaders are truly involved with your students, they're chatting with them in connect groups, they're, they're having observations themselves they might have some really good ideas or feedback that is going to be very valuable to you as a youth pastor. And so getting them on board to help you implement your change is huge, but then also on the front end, getting their perspective and their feedback. I'm not saying just do whatever they say, but your leaders are more than just warm bodies loving your students. They have Absolutely. good thoughts and observations that you need to hear. Yeah, there's depending on the size of your youth ministry, your leaders probably have better relationships than you with at least some of your youth students. As they should. And so if you can empower it can empower them to be able to give some feedback to you, they yeah. they might have a better understanding of what some of your students want yep. uh, than you do. So uh, number one, know why you're making the change. Number two, get your leaders on board. Derek, what's number three? Timing is everything. Uh, you can have the right thing, but at the wrong time. Um, you can have the wrong thing at the right time, which is, I guess, a whole different conversation. That is the two sides of that coin, yeah. Derek. Yes, <laughs> well done. But I, mean, I think Kyle mentioned it well before. I mean, if you have if you have graduates or, or upcoming graduates that have done the same event from 6th and 7th grade every single year, and you know it's a huge deal for them, and they're seniors now, 
maybe not the right time to pull the cord. Get you know, yeah. let it happen one it's, more time. It's a balance because yeah. you have to look at the value to them. And, you know, obviously there's a reason you want to make this change. Does yep. that reason outweigh, you know, their disappointment of not getting to do this one more right. time? Right. Uh, and it's okay for that answer to be both yes and no. Yeah. And and as, as you mentioned earlier as well, or as, as we kind of talked about together, if your leaders aren't bought in, you don't want to lone wolf this thing. You don't right. want to just say like, well, I'm doing it anyway, because one, that's now saying their opinion doesn't matter, which is no good. Two, since when does doing anything by yourself ever go well? True. You know, like it's just some really good ideas. And again, the timing is everything. This might be the right change. This might be the very absolute good thing. And you're going to look back five, 10 years from now and go, I'm so glad we did that. But if you do it at the wrong time and don't get the right buy-in from your leaders, it's not going to go well. And you're not going to look back and go, that was the right move. And so it's not a fun thing when you're sitting on a change, when you're sitting on this desire of, I can't wait to move this or do this, but you know it's not the right time. That's not a super fun thing, but waiting until you get that buy-in from leaders will always pay dividends. And like we said too, it might just be something where you need to be in the position a little bit longer. Yep. You're you're new to the church, you're new to the position, and you have to just get a little bit more buy-in from the church in general yep. until you can make that decision. Yeah. Um, Number three, timing is everything. Number four, uh, then is to start casting the vision to your students. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned there might be a there might be several reasons why you want to make the change. Not all of those reasons need to com be communicated with your leaders, and not all of those neat reasons need to be communicated with your students. But some of them probably should be. Yep. Uh, you know, you can share with your students, hey, we want to start doing this event because you guys have said you want to go deeper. Yep. And we want to make that happen. Uh, and then also, as a part of that casting vision to students, if you do have an alternative that you're going to be doing, I think that that really, really helps with the transition for students. Like, honestly, they're going to bounce back pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but there were two, I'll share two examples of uh, events that we had been doing that, that were switching. Yep. And, you know, there were two really big differences in them. Uh, you know, we did a winter retreat years ago. Uh, it was an event that I inherited. I enjoyed doing this event. Uh, we shifted how it looked a little bit when I came on board, but we still did it. Yep. And then uh, what we ended up doing is changing our winter retreat, which was a Friday night through Sunday morning event, and tra transitioning to making that just a one night event that we do. We still do it kind of in January or early February. Uh, but it is an event that we do where now it's just one night and it, it was a little bit of a tweak. You know, that, that was a pretty minor change. It was kind of taking this whole event and just putting it into one night, but we still have a lot of yeah. the same concepts there. Yep. Uh, but it was just kind of a scheduling thing. It was hard to, you know, get a three day thing in with everything else we had going on in our ministry. And so we just chose, Hey, let's do this one night thing. And, and it's worked really well. The other thing that we had been doing was this youth convention that I've brought up a couple times. Uh, you know, coming up this fall, we're going to be transitioning to instead of doing that, we're doing our own fall retreat. Uh, and for us, the biggest reason 
uh, for that one was the cost actually. Yep. And, and that is something that I think not a lot, not enough youth pastors take into consideration. Yeah. Like we are not doing youth ministry in a demographic with endless wealth. I don't know of many youth pastors no. that are. No. And so taking into account is, you know, this, of this youth convention, good event, but one, and, and this is not the only reason we're transitioning with this here, but it was an event where it costs, uh, including meals, $225 to $250 per kid. For a two-day event when a summer camp is around the same price for five days. Right. And, you know, Derek and I are, our youth ministries are doing this fall retreat together and we've kind of come up with it should be around... 120 to 130 dollars per kid. Yep. Which is almost half of of that. And and that's that's huge for parents. I've got youth parents that have three or four kids yep. in our youth ministry all at the same time. Yep. And you know, for them sending four kids to this event might not be that's a thousand dollars to send all your kids to this event. Yep. That's insane. And so for them to be able to afford this event better, uh, that's that's a consideration for us as a ministry. Yeah. If we are asking our parents to spend just ridiculous amounts of money, uh, you know, if if we can do a, a different event better and, and not have it cost so much, that's yeah. a huge win. Well, and to your point, I mean, students could care less. They don't care how much it costs. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but most, most of, of them our, don't yeah. because they're not the ones paying for it. They just want to go to the event. And so now if that's your main motivation, which ours is not, but if it is, you need to now bridge that gap. What I lo- I, but I like this convention. We got to go somewhere new and we got to go and do this sort of other thing. I know we're doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like this place has this and this place has this thing, this thing, this thing that this other place didn't. And it's like, not that you have to sell your students on it, but even if they don't understand the reasons why you're changing it, there still needs to be things that they're going to enjoy getting behind. And you need to laser focus on those because in the case of our fall retreat, this is going to be new for a lot of them. This is a brand yep. new thing in our ministry. I think it's pretty brand new in yours. You know, it's we're Kyle and I are stoked about it, not just from a financial standpoint, but there are some different things that we get to do and get to do with our students that we're excited about. And we need to be talking about those things pretty soon. You know, as, as we go into the summer here in a little yeah, bit, we should probably figure some of those details out. Huh? Yeah, probably. We probably, <laughs> you know, chat instead of eating donuts and talking about, you know, trades and other things, but you know, it's, it is one of those things where, and I guess, you know what, Kyle, I'm going to throw on a fifth point here. I'm going to throw on a fifth point, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Yeah, it wouldn't I, I, be, I, it wouldn't be our four easy payments of 1998 sponsored by good friend of the show, Phil Swift. Yep. If yep. we did not have a bonus fifth point that Derek has trouble formatting in our doc. Like, hey, I just did it. I, I just did it. I'm I, proud of you. For the record, I need to, I started using, um, strike through on my personal notes for my things. <gasps> I'm so proud of you. I had to look it up on Google again how to do it. Well, so, yeah, there's that. Know, there is that. But um, this probably goes without saying, but um, how to stop doing something that your ministry's done for a long time. Um, get excited about something new. If you as a youth pastor are not excited about a change that you are doing, here's just a shocking statement. It's not going to go well. No, probably not. If you're not bought into it yourself, you are not going to be excited about it. And so, you know, something I will throw in here 
like I am stoked about our our upcoming fall retreat because it is it is a new thing and there's it's not just a cost thing for us it's a there are so many more capabilities and moments with students that we get to share together now yeah some of the customization pieces that we have yeah. one of the other like you know in all reality the event this youth convention cuz Derek's ministry did it in the past as well yep. uh there's you know 3500 to 4000 i think one year there was 4400 kids yeah in which this is room. amazing and we have we have nothing bad to say about this convention right. but one of the things that we were really excited about doing this event our this our own event was the customization we could bring to what the speaker is speaking to our youth students yep because our youth we we can customize the you know the theme or the messages or yep. whatever to a group of Even the 100 games, kids you know versus you know 4400 kids yeah right uh, and so that's you know that's another thing that i think we're excited about and and we we got bought into this first and that should go without saying, but I think that's why I'm adding this in here is you need to be bought in and you need to know why you're making the change. And if you're pivoting, like you need to get bought into it because if you are bought into it, you're going to naturally buy in, get buy in from your leaders and you're naturally going to be able to cast that vision to your students. If you are not, I've, I've done certain events or tried certain things and I'm kind of like, because in, in a social media world, it's easy to go, well, Kyle did this event. That looks pretty cool. We mm-hmm. should try that. But I, well, it's not my jam, but it worked for them. So let's try it. It's not going to go well because you as the captain of the ship, and I know that sounds weird, but as youth pastors, people are looking to you. Hopefully, and it should go without saying, but you're you're drawing direction from the Lord, but you're still the captain of the ship. And so if you are just kind of aimlessly trying things without getting excited about them, you're going to crash and burn personally and professionally. And so you need to get bought in yourself and everything else will follow. That's so true. Uh, I think that a lot of, a lot of times it's the comparison of, you know, what event did that youth pastor do? Let's try and let's try and copy it. Yeah. Uh, you know, as for parents listening, you know, oh, that parent took their kids on that trip. That parent did this activity with their kids. Discipline their kids this way. Sure. Uh, let's copy it. And there, sure, it might work. Uh, but God is going to give you a specific desire, a specific vision uh, for your students. And it might, it's okay if it doesn't look yeah. like the youth ministry next to you, right. like the youth ministry across town, like the rival youth ministry that you guys play dodgeball against every year. Ooh. Like it's, I mean, we, our youth ministry never had a rival dodgeball <laughs> team because we weren't in the tournament long <laughs> enough you, to you were the create seed. the dodgeball rivalry. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. We were always, I don't know how many teams they had, but we were usually out like, you know, we were, we were the 14 seed that gets beat by the three seed pretty much every year. Yep. Sure. Uh, that's, we were never, uh, UMBC against Virginia. Yeah. Oh, that was a wow, beautiful reference. I'm impressive. really proud of that, but I think it's true. Uh, I think that as youth pastors, you're the leader. You got to get passionate about it first. 
That's uh that's for sure. So that's that's how to stop doing something. Uh, not often do Derek and I advocate that you just don't do your job <laughs> right. as a youth pastor. But uh, this is one of those uh-huh. times. Uh-huh. Uh, don't do something and do something better instead. Yeah, I think Revolutionary. is I think is the goal. And you know what? It's okay to just do something once. Yeah, right. That's uh that's okay. Like one hit wonders are a thing. Yeah, come on, uh, go ta. Is the band that did uh, somebody that I used to know? That, I don't know why that's the first that, one that, hit wonder that I thought of. I but don't know. I was thinking of like some older when I was in music class when I was in high school where they had all these one hit wonders of I can't remember any of them now, but we should Yikes. probably stop this before we embarrass ourselves more. Uh, too late. Uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, comments, concerns, constructive criticism, or unconstructive criticism, especially that one, we welcome it all. Yeah. Uh, at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, but on behalf of Derek, I think that pretty much wraps up today's show. So I think it's about time uh, that we go practice our dodgeball. Goodbye. Goodbye.